Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast where we share our stories of starting and running our float centers. We love it when you join us as we work together to raise our education level on building, marketing, and running our float centers. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Art of the Float. Visit artofthefloat.com to find show notes, links, and pictures from every episode. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dylan. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon with my wife, Sandra Calm, and I'm joined with Amy of Float Nashville. She'll be joining us in just a minute. I'm joined with Brian, uh, who's the producer of Art of the Float here, and on tonight's episode, we'll be introducing you to Dana Highfill, who is opening Float North in Portland, Oregon. So really excited to spend time with her. Um, she is wonderful. I've loved every moment I've ever spent with her, including uh, her time with my daughter has been really special. So she's got a special place in my book. And uh, she has spent quite a long time working on opening her float center. So I'm really excited to delve into that and and hear about um, all, all her adventures and p- potentially some misadventures as well in opening her float center. So uh, before we get started, I want to give a thanks to our Patreon supporters, Angelica McAllister, Sandeep Prakash. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, I, actually, I say I really appreciate it. All of us at Art of the Float really appreciate it. We're, we're doing this because of you guys. Thank you so much for putting wind in our sails. I do want to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters, Angela McAllister and Sandeep Prakash. Thank you so much for supporting Art of the Float. It really does help keep this podcast going. It means a lot to us. Thank you. For everybody who does support us at the $10 level or higher, it does mean that you do get a free picture set every month. And uh, you can use that any way that you want to. You can uh, put that in your marketing advertisements, use it on your website. They're very high resolution. Uh, We want you to use those and hope that they benefit your business. You can visit patreon.com forward slash art of the float or click on the page excuse me, or click on Patreon in the menu at artofthefloat.com if you want to check it out and potentially help support us. Again, thank you so much to Angela and Sandeep. I also want to give a shout out to Floathelm. Floathelm.com is where you want to go to check out software built from the ground up for float centers. Uh, this is really specifically designed to help you uh, bring customers into your float center and a really fluid, easy UI uh, one thing that Amy and I have found is that uh, both of our different softwares a little little cumbersome, not only behind the scene, but uh, also for our customers. It's it's not necessarily the best UI for them to see. It's not very simple, and that's one thing that I think Floathelm knocks out of the park is when you're a customer of your Float Center, super easy to find what you're looking for. It looks clean, it looks slick, and you're able to schedule. And so that's just one more thing that. Uh, you know, the image that you're trying to put out there to your customers makes it that much nicer and easier. Floathelm.com is where you want to go to schedule your free tour. All right, let's get the show started. <laughs> Amy, I uh, I saw your Facebook post earlier today, and I went, oh, man, this is definitely making it to the show, but I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't, haven't talked to you about it yet. I'm curious. Uh, well, I guess you should fill our audience I in on what's going should on. fill y'all in. Uh, I am... <laughs> Finally, after uh, some crazy, some crazy deals with our, with getting our permits, you're gonna have to check out the last two shows for those. But some absolutely <laughs> ridiculous, crazy, bizarre things that make you go, hmm. Uh, grease traps. We finally, <laughs> they have to do grease traps. That's all you have to say. That's all we have to say. Uh, <laughs> we finally uh, got our contractor. He said, "Yep, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to start." Uh, I got a message from Mark Monday morning. 
uh, while I was at the gym and he said, I just talked to our contractor. He's at our place. They're going to start taping out where the walls are going and he's having his demo guy come in. They're going to start demo tomorrow morning, meaning today as we record this. And Mark was very, very insistent that I get up early because <laughs> our new float center is about 45 minutes away from me. But get up early and go out there with my camera and take pictures of the first, you know, groundbreaking moment in the new float center. So he had a dentist appointment. How convenient for him <laughs> at 7 a.m. But uh, uh, wow. <laughs> He couldn't go. So I got up. and A little, I, little suspicious. Yeah, a little I'm gonna suspicious. Go <laughs> I, I want to see. I want to see exactly what they did. I want to I see that for sure. But I got up, and I went out there, and I got there, and no one was there. I waited, and I waited, mm. and I waited, and I waited. And I finally uh, texted uh, our architect and Mark, and I said, um, just to let you know, um, absolutely nothing's been done here. Nothing's been taped. It doesn't even look like they've been here. And wow. no one's here today. Uh, so Mark and Liz called our contractor, uh, and I, I think I think they planned the fact that I still don't have our contract. Well, I didn't as of this morning have our contractor's email and our phone number. Oh, um, because my they God. know I have a tendency to just kind of, <laughs> you know, say what's on my mind. And <laughs> they called me back and they said, "Well." He decided not to come today, and he's going to start tomorrow. And I said, no, he no. He decided yeah, not to decided come to in. Come. Hmm. Didn't really. had some other stuff come it up. It tends not to work super well at most jobs um, when you just decide not to come in. I'm like, but he told you he did all this stuff yesterday, supposedly. We, yes, He yes. actually said that Wait. he came and did all this. So I'm really curious about that because I saw your Facebook yeah. post and you said, yeah. or, or wait, I think yeah. I talked to you in person. He told or was it on the last episode? Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember. Everything everything starts <laughs> blending together. But but I remember you said they put the tape down yeah. for like where all the walls are going. Mm -hmm. It was done. Yeah, he was there doing that supposedly yesterday when he talked to Mark. I, I'm doubting that now. But <laughs> because there was nothing so he literally, done. it wasn't like I no, plan on doing no. this tomorrow and then it didn't happen. He said this has happened. I think. I, I want to know. Mm, I want to know how angry I should be. I think <laughs> that he believes that since because I'm not local, that mm. they can say what they want and they figure they'll catch it up later and I'll never know. However, <laughs> I've been, this is not my first rodeo. Uh, I've dealt with contractors before. I know how this crap goes. So, you know, Mark and I are very active on the construction job. We're there nice. pretty much every day, twice a day. Sometimes we stay all day and do our work there. Sometimes we check cool. in several times a day. We don't just let contractors go because we like to do this little thing called light a fire under their ass with a smile, of course. Nice. Nice. But just to let them make them very aware that we're there and we're watching and we're paying attention and we ask questions. And, um, yeah, I'm sure we're a pain in their butt. But we, we're always very pleasant about it. So today... We, we just like you so much. We just want to hang out all day long <laughs> yeah. while you work. We're just nice. really nice and really, really, really perky. Um, but, but we had to have a conversation today. Um, I don't like being lied to. And yeah. I'm actually a really easygoing person if a person communicates with me. If something comes up, I totally get it. But tell me what you're mm -hmm. going to do about it. Let me know when it's going to happen and that's fine. You'll get mm -hmm. no, you might get some questions, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and we had to lay down those boundaries today uh, because going forward, I don't 
want this to be an issue. And sure enough, this evening I received a brief email saying, uh, email saying that they will be there tomorrow at 10 a.m. <laughs> and nice. we'll look forward to seeing you there. I'm like, well, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to do that, and I'll see you then. And I will Can show up with, with pastries and some cold water for the fridge and that sort of thing. <laughs> but I'm going to show Delightful. up, and I'm going to be there and let them know that I, I'll be there a little bit early to make sure they show up at 10 and all that kind of fun stuff. Oh, good call. Yeah, don't show up at 11 yeah. and say hi. Show up. Yeah. Did you actually show up at 10? Nice. <laughs> uh, as, as a non-confrontational person, I'm really curious what that looks like when you confronted them about not putting down the tape and all that stuff like what how a how like internally do you feel do you just feel like you have to do it or do you like hold your breath and like I'm going in I'm gonna I'm gonna go say this stuff how does it feel Um, for you internally and then I'm curious about the physical like what did it actually come across so uh, truthfully I I I don't it makes me sound like I have a horrible temper I, I usually don't I do get angry but I usually don't let it show and especially you know it's your contractor so you do have to think about this shit stuff you do have to think about this stuff you need to think about how you're going to approach them so you know i didn't even bring anything up i didn't accuse i didn't do anything i'm just like from this point forward this is what i need yeah and hopefully that's enough hopefully we won't have to say anything more hopefully this is not going to be an issue and i should say that mark oftentimes i will let mark or liz handle it they are incredibly good with people and i have a lot to learn from them about dealing with people i'm not so good i'm an mark says it's because i'm an only child that i'm a hor- i'm horrible with social situations um Amy. <laughs> but, um, i hope he's not being serious no he is i i um i, I i'm not good at um there, I have a, I have a lot of things going for me. I'm a smart girl. I'm, I don't have very high emotional intelligence. I, I want so badly to to be everybody's friends, but I'm not uh-huh. very good at reading certain things and reading a room. <laughs> so I just I say just gotta... however I feel. Oh, please go ahead. And hope it's endearing, but most of the time it's really not. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Okay, now I have to call you on your BS. So like, no. Brian and I completely. Brian, would you agree? <laughs> would you disagree with that? <laughs> I would disagree with that. Right, like I've never felt that way about you at all. So just gonna just gonna put that out. Um, real quick. Well, I appreciate it. Um, maybe someday Mark will believe it. But but I had to stop, <laughs> and I, I really have to think about how I deal. I'm, I'm not one of those people who can just go right into it, and because I would just like you know have this emotional vomit all over the place, this angry vomit all over the place. Sure. Um, I really have to stop and think. You know, how is this going to affect the situation? The big the big picture, not just this moment, because I'm really mm-hmm. super angry in this moment, and I really <laughs> want to just, like, tell him where he can take his construction tools, <laughs> yeah. which is not appropriate. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm hoping no. this is it. And, and I, it was funny. Somebody commented on, I think it was Kane out there in uh, Float Matrix, I believe, in California. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah. it sounds like they need a mommy. And it's true. They do. And the way uh-huh. that I'll deal with it is I will go <laughs> tomorrow, and I will have a tray of pastries, and I will put that cold water in, and I will have a smile on my face. And then I'm going to stay there, and I'm going to let them know. I'm going to be here when you're here. Um, I'm going to ask Damn. questions, and I'm going to be really nice about it, but I'm going to set boundaries and hope that works. <laughs> if it doesn't, I'm sure y'all hear about it. Yeah, nice. Looking forward. To, no, not looking forward. Not looking not forward. Looking let's forward let's to hope that. that never happens. <laughs> um, Damn. Yeah, that's. Well, I, you know, talking to you right now, I'm actually really impressed. I feel like you're totally taken in stride. I feel like you address the situation <laughs> and you're already changing your expectations right. for the future, build out all that stuff. Like, I'm, I'm impressed because 
I could easily see somebody just being devastated. I chose the wrong person. This isn't going to get done in time, all that stuff. And you're like, oh, I've done I that. see the issue and now I'm going to, I'm going to correct it to the best of my ability. Oh, let's not give me too much credit. I've been through all that. I stomped around. I, um, I went and took a really long walk afterwards. Um, I was <laughs> totally angry and PO'd and, yeah. but <laughs> right. then I have to remember, and sometimes I'm good at this and sometimes I'm not. It's all about the greater good. It's all about the big picture stuff. And some people are uh-huh, really good right. at that and some people aren't. Like I said, Mark is incredibly good with people. It mm-hmm. blows my mind. Um, well, wh- how would he do confronting? He doesn't, well, he's, he's actually, I, I don't know what, it's like some sort of magical hippie trick. Um, <laughs> seriously, like he'll speak his mind and people just like love him and think it's great. Oh, I speak my mind yeah. and I'm an angry yeah horrible person i hear the letters that are about to come out of your mouth (laughs) (laughs) you know um there's just something about the beginning of the alphabet that's very Mm -hmm. soothing (laughs) i don't know what it is people you wouldn't believe it we came away from he went on a family vacation with me um we came back and on my way on our way back home from florida he's like oh yeah your cousin was telling me about this this and this and your dad was telling me about this and your mom was telling me (laughs) and i'm like what i have never heard any of these stories oh wow wow and they're like they met mark for the first time and the next thing you know he's like keeper of their deepest darkest secrets at the float at my parent family reunion yeah yeah uh it was at a rise i stayed up way later than i should have because i was just like just just, i'm just opening up just telling them all my all my stuff I don't yeah, know his, how he does his hippie it. magic Mark's runs got deep. Some superpowers. Sure. I, I see sure. it all the time, and uh, he's so the funny. best person to have in our lobby. People mm-hmm. will stick around and tell him his life story, and <laughs> it's crazy. So most of the time, I should let Mark. You know, you let people who are good at things, you let them handle it. Um, so I'm, I'm getting better though. It's all about learning. And remember, this is this is my second time around. None of this stuff is a surprise anymore. I totally right. know that the contractor's not going to show up. I totally know that they're going to try to. To cut some Which corners. Is, I know that. And this. that's how you found out. Like, you decided, I need to, I'm going to go check it yeah. out. Like, you didn't just assume that it's going to go right and check in on the weekend or something yeah. like that. You showed up right after they said they were going to start. I know how this goes. That's interesting. That's or normal. said they had started. Dana, I hope you're taking that's notes, amazing. dear. <laughs> I, am. I, am. I think she probably has some stories of her own already. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know, right? I, she, I'm not well, telling her anything. She doesn't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one thing that comes up. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't want to diverge too much here, but like one thing I learned in martial arts real quickly was that people are pretty okay with receiving a punch. They, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of like, whoa, something's coming at me. But for the most part, they can pretty quickly, comfortably take a punch or a kick. When it comes to throwing a punch or a kick, that's when people get really tight. They're really worried they're going to hurt somebody else. And then guess what? That's when you do hurt somebody else because it comes across while you're all janky and feeling funky and throwing a a punch. And I feel, well, when you said that, it made me think, well, Mark is just flowing. You know, he says what he wants. It just flows out. It's super smooth. And so it's received really easy. I want to say something confrontational. I'm so worried about how it's going to make somebody feel. I'm worried about uh, the, the other people that are going to be impacted by it. I'm going through all the different scenarios. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm all up in the top of my chest when I give my communication. And then it comes out not fluid and smooth at all, but really uh, stuttered and uh, da, 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 uh, instead of cool and casual. So does that ring yeah. true to you at all? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, to a degree. It's uh, to my degree, overthink. Yeah. I, well, and I'm, a, I'm yeah, an overthinker. Yeah. 
I overthink yes. everything. Yes, you are. Everything. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> no, even Dylan's, Dylan's not even trying to pretend that I'm like intelligent or really sweet and smart. He's like, oh, yeah, you overthink all the time. Now you overstep. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, overthink, overthink. Yeah. I would I would stand behind. I know you will <laughs> for that one. Yeah. I overthink everything. And that's and really it's it wastes time. It, it makes things bigger than they need to be. And that's what I'm trying to learn as I get older, because mm. when you overthink, it just wastes time. And, yeah, you can't got to keep moving. Got to make that decision. Go with it. Take any consequences that come with it. And you just keep on keeping on. <laughs> and, but but I also like and just to give you a little bit more mm-hmm. props because you've been so de- self-deprecating tonight. I will just also say that. Yeah, of course you've made those mistakes before, but I really like that you've learned from those mistakes. And so for the second one, you're like, I'm going to show up on day one and check in or on day two. I like that a lot. Well, you know, for, for the record, um, Mark made me. He wanted me to be there early with my camera. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> he had a dentist nice. appointment, so, you know. That's funny. But it was in the, it was in the team plan. Yeah, I like yeah, that. team plan for sure. <laughs> team Mark. Too funny. Uh, I want to share just a couple things yeah. about my week if I can, and I'm, I'm excited to bring Dana on, mm-hmm. but just a, a couple things is, uh, it's October, gosh, um, just the beginning of October, actually on the day this episode's coming out, my baby girl will be 11 months old. Mm-hmm. Uh, just going to float that out there real quick, but, uh, we're working on our holiday marketing. And so that's just something that on, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be caught, uh, flat footed. Uh, while doing your holiday marketing, just go, oh my God, we need to put a sale and uh, put an ad out and, and, you know, put money in it for Facebook. And so uh, every year we get a little bit better about that. We have high expectations and it never hits that mark as well as we want. And, but every year it gets better and better. And uh, this year we're, we're working on that. And it actually really lines up nicely with the holiday marketing roundtable that we're putting together. That's coming up. And so it's kind of nice like to do something that's actually good for both things when I really have to think about how are we executing this? How would we talk about executing this with somebody else? Uh, you know, listening to this another float center. And it really, yeah, it's just really making me think deeply about what we're doing, if, if that makes any sense. So I'm, I'm excited about the, uh, the holidays this year and going into it Again, not flat-footed, but with a real clear plan, which we did better last year. And this year, I just want to... I mean, again, the dream is to click a button and the whole season is just laid out, right? <laughs> it just everything's auto-rolling for the rest of the year. Uh, and, and we just get to think about the things that we want to think about, and which is mostly the people just walking into our space. That's where we like to put our attention. For the, for the most part, that's those are the things that really fill up Sandra, myself, and our employees. Uh, and Brian, when is that roundtable? I should probably mention that as well. That's going to be on November 1st. That's what I thought. Yep, November 1st. Cool. Artofthefloat.com forward slash roundtable is where you want to go if you're interested in getting together for a roundtable and just looking at all the different types of marketing styles and strategies that you might want to use for your business because there isn't just one that's going to work perfectly for your business. But if you're interested in uh, hearing several styles and then also hearing from other people in the float industry and what they've done and what's worked and what hasn't. That's what this round table is all about. And it's November 1st so that we do have time to uh, actually implement those things that we learn and roll it out for the holidays. The other thing that we're doing uh, this week is we started employee reviews and it's been a little while since we've done employee reviews and 
uh, it, it's really weird because we're we're very lovey-dovey at the float shop, uh, yet everybody wants to have employee reviews. Uh, owners, employees, everybody feels good about it. Part of it is that I, you know, there's nobody, there aren't any underperformers right now that, and that feels great. And like everybody, um, that that's not to say there's there aren't things that can be improved. And so everybody's really looking forward to this. They're looking forward to the feedback, and uh, we took. Um, gosh, I can't think of the name of the software at the moment, but uh, Sur- Survey Monkey. Uh-huh. Now I want to say Chimp Mail. Another <laughs> 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 callback from another episode. <laughs> Sorry, but but uh, yeah, it's it's actually grown and developed a little bit more. So it's actually even more effective this year to do these anonymous employee reviews. And um, I'm just so excited to see what everybody's thinking about this space in the moment and the community that we're working with, including myself, uh, as I, I work at the shop as well. So, um, although very rarely at this point, so I might get some pretty low marks. I anticipate I will be, I will have some of the lowest marks, uh, because I do have a lot of questions and missed, uh, missed earplugs in place, things like that, you know? So we'll see. But, uh, so is this do a, you, is this a, yeah. a employee evaluation? You, you work with them and they also give feedback to you as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, if you work, I think it's like a minimum of average of four hours a week with an employee. I, I want to say that's what we decided. Uh, then you go ahead and give a review. If you don't work with somebody, obviously it doesn't make any sense. And we will certainly, you know, if if almost all of your shifts overlap, then, you know, we're going to weight that more. But, you know, we're not such a big corporation that we need a formula to go, like, judge the values, this, that, or the other. We can go through it. We know who everybody is, how much they work with each other, all that stuff, and we can go through and kind of analyze it that way. So, you know, how we analyze it, what we look at, um, we will pretty much play by ear. I mean, obviously, we have specific questions in there that we want to find out about people's effectiveness in different areas. But, um, you know, I think this will be a very different review than the one we did. I think it was two years ago now. Um, and and are you doing employee reviews? That's what I wanted to ask. Yeah. Uh, so... It's interesting you bring this up. Actually, in this next week, we utilize our business coach. And our mm-hmm. business coach will do an interview with each of our employees uh, to get some feedback about us and also do some uh, some reviews with them. Now, Mark and I do our own reviews as well. Mm-hmm. But having John to help us out with that and be a, he's a very sympathetic third-party person mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, has always been very helpful to us. So, yes, he, he does this uh, about once a year. He goes and, and does the review with them. And so oh, I should be getting wow. some very interesting. <laughs> we, we've been having some we've been having some rough spots lately. So I have a okay. feeling this year, last year, it was all glowing and beautiful. Mm-hmm. This year we've been running up against some running up against some issues. So I have yeah. a feeling this year is going to be a little rougher, but nothing that we can't handle and, uh, sure. you know. But it's it's never, I don't think it's ever fun. Even last year, I agonized. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so once again, the overthinking problem. I'm delighted. I'm having a blast with it. But it is it Maybe. is important no, to do I, that and to have that back yeah, and forth. Agreed. Yeah. I I also like you bringing up last year. Everything was super awesome, great, and this year it's not as as ideal. Um, that is a great like. It is a wave. I don't think everything is ever static. It's all it's always a 10. We're just delightful. Everything's going fantastic. (laughs) Things fall through. People leave. uh, Relationships change. Mm -hmm. Like there's all sorts of things that cause this ebb and flow. So um, I'm I'm glad you put that out there. Like it's not all, 
hey, you've been open X amount of years. Everything's gravy now. <laughs> Everything's just <laughs> roses. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, but it is learning. it's a learning experience. So we'll take it, we'll walk through it, and we'll be better because of it. And that's mm-hmm. all you can yep. do. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. A great tool to help refine your business. Well, I don't want to waste any more time. No. I want to bring Dana on <laughs> here. Um, oh, you know what? I'm going to w- mention one more thing, which is I just want to thank people who are supporting us with uh, the ProFloat uh, affiliate link. So if you go to artofthefloat.com forward slash ProFloat, and if you're interested in buying anything float related, you are supporting within the industry, a company that I, I really stand behind, uh, who is uh, distributing float product. And so especially if you're starting out, they do have great products to just give you everything that you need as soon as you start. And uh, if you support them, it helps support us and the show as well. So we appreciate that. All right. Dana Highfield, welcome to the show. How are you tonight? Hey there. I'm doing great. Excellent. Uh, Thanks for having me on the show. It's really cool to sit here and chat with you guys. It's uh, it's silly that you haven't been on the show before this, to it be is. quite quite honest. It's it's a little silly. Uh, so Dana is in Portland, Oregon here. How long have you been planning on opening your float center? Well, there's two different ways I could tell that. In <laughs> 2011 nice. was my first float, and I knew that I wanted to open a float center then. Mm-hmm. But uh, the first when I started actively working toward it was 2014. Okay. Yeah, and now it's 2017. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. There's a lot more there. Can you tell us, a, can you tell us about your first float and oh, cool. what... Uh, I, I'm always curious to hear, you know, what, what float center owners feel hmm. like getting out of a tank and what inspires them to open a float oh. center. And I, I feel My like first a lot float of them, was it's, so it's weird. their first float. It was, I had... Let's dive in, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get weird. Uh, it was, I had, I had kind of a vision of um, something beneath Float On. I floated at Float On in 2011. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was like a float center underneath their float center. And all kinds of strange and crazy things happened. But it was so real. Um, another... Before that, my, my really, the first float was my first float down the Amazon River in Ecuador in 2005. (laughs) And that was where my life got flipped upside down. And I, I traveled with, with four shaman for three weeks in the jungle. And when I came back to the United (laughs) States, I was just a totally different person. Wow. Um, Did you say four weeks? Three weeks. Three weeks. That is a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. And so that I think like opened me up to being able to experience other things. And then within huh. the float tank, I was like, okay, I, I've also, you know, there's, there's a whole lot more there with that, but, but realizing how float tanks could open that back up. Um, I used oh. to do a lot of drugs and I don't so much anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> floating for me was a way to kind of alter my consciousness without doing damage to my mm. brain and body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, I liked, uh, what I got out of it from that first float. And it just, you know, I think it was even before I floated, it was so intriguing. I was like, I already drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's awesome. I feel like you floating down the Amazon, excuse me, the Amazon. Oh, it was four shamans. Is that what I had the number yeah. four with four shamans is 
the beginning of the movie and then we flash back to how you got there. Yeah. Yeah. I know this isn't the shaman uh, podcast, but can you give us a little bit of information of why you were floating down the Amazon with four shaman? Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't really know. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't do drugs anymore. I understand. Right. Okay. Got it. No. Right. Yeah. No, no, I was, uh, I was working as an industrial designer. I went to school for industrial design and, uh, kind of on a whim, decided to go down. There was a woman who was taking folks down, kind of like ecotourism. Seven of us went down to Ecuador and spent three weeks with an indigenous tribe in the Amazon basin of the jungle. Oh, my God. And Mm. it totally blew me away. I mean, looking back, I I didn't even know it at the time, but I had been depressed and self-medicating and all kinds of things just to function in our weird culture (laughs) and going to Ecuador and seeing kind of how people live in community was so mind blowing. It wasn't just, I mean, the interaction with the shaman was huge. There was a lot more to that, but it was also just seeing how people um, live in relationship to each other and to the Mm -hmm. planet in a way that we don't do here. Yeah. um, That was life changing. Can I ask a little bit about coming back? Um, yeah, coming back was hard. Yeah. I was really depressed um, and knew mm. it by then. <laughs> I was like, this mm-hmm. is not how it should be. Um, that's when I, I actually I started working at a coffee shop. <laughs> I like, quit my industrial design job, um, started doing yoga, started doing Qigong. Wow. Qigong is, um, I was studying meditation with a Tibetan teacher, and he was teaching mainly Qigong, although uh, some other things as well. Um, I've been studying with him for about uh, 11 years now, nice. something oh, like nice. that. And that, that again, that's like a main component of s- someone like who I was in 2005, being able to be open to something like float tanks, because right, right. like, I was a different person. Uh, so many questions. <laughs> and this is the point where our listeners are like, yeah, why didn't you have her on <laughs> several times before now? <laughs> it's fascinating. I, um, we w- I promise we'll get, we'll get to floating here, but uh, you live in a city. How have you found a, a healthy balance of that? I mean, I'm sure you saw that sense of community and felt like that, that was fulfilling and healthy. And how have you achieved that or... How are you, or do you, are you planning on achieving that in the city? I mean, why are you, why are you still here? Well, I don't I don't think it's a um, something that there's an end goal. I mean, it's a work in progress. So mm-hmm. um, I'm learning how to do that. I mean, it's kind of it's why I became a massage therapist was to kind of help learn how. I, well, I first started getting body work and working on you know doing yoga and qigong and meditation and those things to help heal my own wounds of the dissonance that our culture is and so becoming a massage therapist kind of helped me learn how to do that for other people I think to answer your question like what I really got out of it is I can't just go away and be somewhere else and forget that this like this is part of who I am too this city this culture and and learning how to work with it and actually living and engaging with it even though it can be painful you know beautiful yeah great well said uh, 
now I'm going to struggle to find a segue to talking <laughs> about starting your float center. Amy, it looks like you've got an idea. Well, you know, taking that um, and what you've learned, is this something that you want to integrate into the float center that you're mm. creating? And if so, how do you plan to do that? Because I think to some degree, that's something we're all trying to do. And I'd love to hear, especially from your perspective, you've had a pretty incredible past what specific things you're going to do to bring that to the people that you serve. Yeah, yeah, it, that is really important to me. And I feel like I do that in my practice. I feel like I'm able to do that in my massage practice. It's it's more than just body work. I mean, I've become more aware of myself and aware of where other mm -hmm. people are, that when a person is available, we can go a lot farther than a typical massage therapy session. Um, and how to do that in a float center, like, fuck if I know, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like I, I hope to figure that out and I, you know, bring what, what I have to, sorry, if I wasn't, are we, I like censored it. Here? Oh, we fix everything in post. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's really important. I think creating that community, but, but Amy, you, you put a really great post on Facebook the other day of like, what if, it, do our clients really want that? Sometimes they don't. Sometimes mm. they they just want a place to float and a place to decompress. Like I, it's good to respect that too. Mm. I think that's just as much a part of it. So, I guess it's whatever you can provide, and, and I, just getting people to have the downtime is what helps create that community in the like big big picture. And I think that's, you know, the pod, the post that she's referring to, I was talking about, you know, creating a marketing program and how we invest so much time in developing a marketing program. We invest so much time in how to get them into our, our membership program. I'm sorry, membership program. But how much time after they're in, how much time do we spend on onboarding? How much time do we spend uh, investing in them after they've invested in a financial way in us? And you know, one of the questions I brought up is do they even, you know, we work so hard as a community, or at least we give a lot of talk to, I want to create a community. And yet that seems to be everybody's struggle. And I wonder if, you know, how we define community mm. in that sense of, oh, we want them to stick around our, our lobbies. That may not be what they want. However, we can define community in different ways as well. And I think, uh, Dylan, I think it was your wife who brought up the comment that, you know, what if we had some some way to do a project, like a community project together where there is working together? Because floating in and of itself is a very isolated thing. Um, hmm. So I, I didn't mean to say that. that I don't know if they want community. They might not want community like what we're thinking in, in the moment but what Dana's speaking to, oh my gosh, even my heart was like, oh man, I want some of that in my life. I desire that type of community where I know there's someone there for me, where I know, where I have someone that I can depend on, where I'm working together towards a goal with someone. Because I'll, every day I wake up and I feel so much weight on my own shoulders. So I think that type of community, wow, I'm, sign me up, I'll come to Portland for my votes yeah. <laughs> to be a part of that community. Yeah. Uh, I think it's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I think a lot of it is what I've learned from studying with my Tibetan meditation teacher and how he approaches things and like, it's okay for it to get messy and it's okay. Mm. As long as you're like paying attention and learning and taking responsibility mm. um, and you know, asking, asking that of clients, because sometimes people come in and they, 
they want that challenge too. Hmm. Not everyone, but some people do. So Amy, you mentioned uh, at the before we started recording that that Mark is somebody who is like just hangs out and says what he wants and that sort of thing. And I think it's that that hippie magic that 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 you were talking about <laughs> yeah. that uh, is such a it, it, mean, it's real. I believe it is real. I believe um, there are just some people. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what. Uh, do you, do you feel like that helps create community? You know, it, it does with Mark. Yeah. So this is this is the does thing. Does that give people the the return that you were yeah. talking about on Facebook? But you know, I'm not sure if it's even the return, but they do. If Mark is in the lobby, he just has this way of connecting with people and he's so fast. I think this is I think this is the key. He's so fascinated with them that and, and we're in a world where so many people don't witness us. I think we feel alone that when somebody pays attention and is really honestly from their heart, like yep. amazed by you as a human being, yeah, it just opens up everything. And he listens. He just listens. Yeah. And yeah I think that's the most thing we have yeah. to offer, that yeah. listening. I totally agree. I, I tell my employees all the time that, you know, your job as an employee is not to solve anyone's problems, not to do anything, but when they speak to you, just to really listen and acknowledge because there's so few people in this world that experience being acknowledged. Even to, like when they stop, when somebody walks in the door, you stop what you're doing. You look up. It's like, oh, hi. How are you doing today? It's so nice to see you and be so sincere. And a lot of people don't even get that. How sad. Yeah. yeah I think if anything, we have that going for us as small businesses. Mm. That is what we have to offer. That's what the big businesses don't and can't ever do. Never will be able to and are severely missing out. Mm-hmm. Mm so true and that might be that might be the community that people need um even if it's a small community it's one-on-one it's two-on-one um yeah that's something that we can offer and it's free everybody's so worried about the marketing and the facebook ads here's something you can do with every single person and it's completely free and it has sometimes a bigger impact than you know when that person walks out the door yeah yeah that's funny. I was actually thinking about that earlier today with how terrible our marketing was when the float shop opened, how little marketing we had, but how amazing the experience was when you walked into our space and how much one-on-one attention you got and just that, that connection that we delivered uh, was what it was all about. It's And it's all that it was the most important thing to us as well, right? So like it meant that connection was just so good and valuable. Uh, and then, I mean, I think that is what helped us survive <laughs> to last, you know, like uh, to, to then learn how to actually do something called marketing. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, it, Dylan, I just want to say, I love your Facebook lives with baby Erica, your, your walks and talks. <laughs> and <laughs> it's Thanks. so much That's fun. Great. Oh. Thanks. I, I, uh, it, you know, I, since you bring it up, I feel very self-conscious because I'm worried that, uh, people will think, oh, I'm just on my phone the whole time I'm with, uh, on a walk. And really it's just when she gets to get a little sleepy, like just, she, I start, you know, she starts yawning. That's when I start thinking more about business stuff and, and, 
if I have a thought that would be good, that that's when I, I start posting it. So yeah, yeah. this is my, my place where I can air that out. Let, let everybody know. Not that anybody cares, I'm sure. But, it's uh, fun. It's super fun. I mean, you've got so much good greenery in the background and then beautiful. Erica's cute yeah. and you're cute and everybody's great. It's really fun. <laughs> and she's not allowed to look at screens. So this is one of the very rare times she gets oh. to actually see a screen. Actually, That's very wise of you. I think that's smart. I, it, it's something we, we really believe in. Yeah. It'll, it'll be a few years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although that balance as she grows up, I have no idea. We'll figure it out as we go. <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, what are we in, 2017? Something yeah. like that? Yeah. And uh, so you heard about floating about six months ago. You were working at a coffee shop. You took uh, 500000 out of your bank from making money uh, from working at a coffee shop, and you opened your float center. Is that that's how That's right, went? yeah. Okay, and we're cool. open. Sweet. We've been Congrats. open for like seven years now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how did, how did it actually go? Actually, okay, so 2011, <laughs> first floated. Mm-hmm. I was a massage therapist at the time, working part-time for myself and part-time at other wellness centers, mm-hmm. chiropractors, stuff like that. Fast forward to 2014, I decided to get serious about it. I was working for myself full-time, like actually making a living um, on my own, and decided to do the float apprenticeship with Float Tank Solutions oh, yeah. mm-hmm. slash Float On. So that was 2014. They scared the pants off me <laughs> with information. Totally. It was it was packed into three days. I'm so glad they did it. Mm-hmm. Like I w- really had to consider: is this what I want to do? Realizing how much work it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with that, now that I'm in it, I'm like, whoa, this is way more <laughs> than I ever thought. And I got cold feet then. But um, so I was like, I I fell off that horse. And I 2014. What, what I was, was like, it no, that blew gonna... your socks off? Or, or your pants? What was the blue pants, pants off? My socks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was the amount of work realizing like a, a project that size. Uh, I think. Um, I, I have a hard time communicating this. What I wanted this. to do, I didn't want to just open one float tank with you know like I wanted something that would actually be a float center, mm-hmm. three float tanks, something like that. You know that that minimum kind of mm-hmm. so. I already knew what I wanted and that realized how much of a reach it would be to get there um, and got, got cold feet. Uh, mm. 2015, I got back on that horse and was like, okay, I think I can do this. Kind of talked, you know, like that something is pulling me toward it, even though it's, it's uh, crazy risky and <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm in a city with, four other centers. Um, like there's so many reasons. Um, but okay. So back to timeline, I guess, or do you have mm-hmm. a question? I, don't... <laughs> I have questions, but yeah. get to the timeline. I want to come back to something. Yeah, that okay. I think that's right. I, I'd love to hear the timeline and okay. how you got from there to here. Yeah. So 2015, I, I, um, sat in on the, on a day of the float apprenticeship again, huh. to get prepared to kind of start that again. Um, Interesting. Started looking for spaces, writing my business plan. I think, Dylan, I first started talking to you then more seriously. Maybe it was a beer with the float guys, everybody. Um, Asked you and Sandra one night about your business plan. That's what I really remember that. I think that was 2015. 
So yeah, wow. just started working on all the little pieces that you need. Like I'm not made of money. I knew that I needed to get some kind of loan. Oh my God, I forgot about all the processes. I, I went to so many different places to look for money. <laughs> I went to Hatch, which is like a CPO, a community public offering. Um, they do this thing where anybody can invest. Mm -hmm. Hatchoregon.org for anybody who's interested. Um, they were awesome, but not quite. I don't have the reach for Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. I don't have the reach for all of that stuff. Um, had to had to research it a lot to know that, <laughs> you know, thinking, oh yeah, I can just go and do a a crowdfunder. Um, yeah, started talking to banks in 2016, mm -hmm. and thought I had a good thing going with my bank. Um, turned out later that that was not at all what was happening. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, wow. Um, 2016, also got married, so that kind of like put a, I took a few months off from working on the float center, <laughs> although I had a space then. I got a, I, oh. oh, my God. This, this, I haven't prepared to tell this story. It's so all over the map. Um, it's all good. Keep, go keep flowing. Okay. Uh, so I first started looking at spaces. I really was intent on getting a space up on Northeast Alberta. I live near Northeast Alberta. There's no float centers in Northeast Portland. Um, looked at a space, great space. I thought it would work. The, the owner was like, no, we don't want to tear up our floors. We don't want you to mm. do that. Um, I kind of wouldn't let it go. <laughs> I kept calling and calling and calling. And so... Was that the space that I had, I had seen where there was potential for a float tank on the second story yeah. as well? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that That's... was 2016. Oh my gosh, um, I can't believe how much time has passed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been flying by. It really the has. owner, because I didn't let I didn't stop calling him, he uh, he called me up a few months after that and was like, I think I have a space that might work for you. And that's the space that I'm currently um, in. <laughs> nice. It's been empty since two thousand five. And so it's wow. kind of crazy. It's four thousand square feet. It's on Broadway. <laughs> it's four blocks away from my current office. Oh my like, god! It's I so much know. better than I could have nice. picked. To, <laughs> mm -hmm. Even though I was like looking on Alberta, I wanted this particular location. I'm still in Northeast, um, but I'm also three minutes away from Charlie and four minutes away from you. You know, <laughs> like if oh, you're thinking about location. Right. So I wanted to be further away, but I'm not. Whatever. Um, As it appears to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I, yeah. I find that really interesting that your persistence paid off, not for that space, but for another space. That's really interesting. And and when we were talking, I mean, you were, it, it felt to me like we were, you were very close to dropping float tanks in there, putting up walls, all that stuff in, in that space. So yeah, it's yeah. so funny how much of that was actually your determination that that was going to be your space. Well, there was a, there was a middleman that wasn't telling me what the owner was oh. saying. He Got was it. saying, yeah, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. And Got then it. the owner was like, what are you talking about? I didn't agree to any of this. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah. So I, I got yanked around on that one quite a bit. That was not fun. It's emotional heartstrings. I was it like, is. I was in that space. Totally. Oh, yeah. totally. Yes. yes I have yes, been yes. there. It is. It's heart wrenching when you yeah. lose a space that you, you see yourself in. You're already planning it out in your brain. Yep. Yep. You're kind of drawn on napkins and on paper. This is like you're learning SketchUp. Cause yeah. <laughs> oh, it hurts. Yeah. 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 But now um, you have 4,000 square feet. 
Yeah, yeah. I can't afford to build it all out, but <laughs> right. um, at least it's there for the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm building out about 2,500 square feet of it. Slot car racing and floating. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful yeah. pairing. Yeah. <laughs> and in, very in right Actually, now. Actually, it has a loading dock, so I've been thinking, like, can I have a skate park next door or something? Because <laughs> like, it's got a ramp. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Hey, whatever pays the bills. Honestly, right. at, at a certain point, whatever pays the bills. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, and I'm assuming a few of our listeners are probably curious or would be curious, where does the money line up with finding the location? Because that seems to be something very difficult where it, it um, you know, you can't secure the location until you have the funding. Well, you can't have the funding until you know how much your rent is going to be. Like, how did that work or how is it working for you? That has been a crazy process. It's been really frustrating, and I don't know how it's supposed to work. I mean, I realized just no last week that how no much I've bitten off. Like, this project is so huge, and I yeah. had no idea. And here I have been, like, beating myself up and having all sorts of judgments about how long it's been taking me. And really, like, the facts are, this is a huge project. I've never done anything of this size, and I've been yeah. learning as I go. And I think they all happen differently. Yes. Like I've been working on an SBA loan and they want me to have everything nailed down, everything. They want to know like how much it's going to cost. They want to sign um, a fixed price agreement with the contractor. Yeah. Contractor oh, well. like wants me to select tile and everything before he's going to do that. So I don't mm. have like, like all of the pieces have to fall into place at exactly the same time. Right now right. I don't, I haven't signed the lease. We've gotten it written up. I haven't signed the loan. That's like waiting on the, the contractor. That's also waiting on the permits, which is another story. Oh, they're, at the, they're at the city right now. I mean, is that right? Wow. Yeah, they've been at the city for months. Um, I can just segue into that. That's like, please. So, my the building permits um, triggered a review for the entire building. The building has five oh. stories of condos above. Oh, and, <laughs> and so oh, no. they. They're like, oh no, the the uh, backflow on your plumbing is out of date. We need you to put in another backflow. Oh. And so my so the landlord is having to do this like twenty thousand dollar project <laughs> oh, because my of my gosh. permits. Um, and fortunately, he's like, it would have had to happen anyway. No matter who went into the space, these things nice. would have gotten pulled. Um, Great attitude. Yeah, <laughs> very yeah. happy to hear that. Yeah. If anything, like the 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 landlord, really, he's the manager, but. I thought he was a landlord for a long time, so I just call him that. <laughs> for all um, intents and purposes, the landlord. Yeah, exactly. I'm never going to meet the landlord, probably, because um, it's a huge building. Got it. Yeah, so there's that piece. The bank, that has been, oh my gosh, I have talked to five different banks for SBA loans. Only one has said outright no, but the other mm. four made it really, really difficult for me to get the loan. The, the the fifth one, the last one, um, has been great. They've been easy. But one of them, it was the same thing, Amy, that you were talking about with your contractor saying like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got this. And she was saying, oh, yeah, yeah, this is like we're in the closing process. Hmm. Yeah. And then after two months of being in the closing process, I'm like, hey, I need a commitment letter. The other banks have given me commitment letters. I need something in writing. This is not right. And then, so I put a little pressure on her and then she's like, sorry, we can't do it after I had, I've got like everything going with them. 
gave them, you know, 4,400 bucks, all this stuff. And it's like, and then they pull out, they, they gave me my money back, but like Hmm. that, you know, you think you have something going and the crush of that is insane. And it really has been a huge learning process. I, I mean, that, that doesn't just affect your morning. Like that. No, no, no. Yeah, that's. I think I've got more gray hair. Like, <laughs> like we all do. <laughs> I mean, I love the whole process. I hate it and love it all at the same time. Like, uh-huh. I have chosen to do this eyes wide open. I want to nice. learn from it. I want the personal growth that comes out of it is huge for me. That's that's been awesome. I had nice. no idea what I was getting into, even you know, getting scared in 2014, thinking like, I don't know what this is. (laughs) And then in 2016 and 17, and I'm like, I am like, no idea what this is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It tests And you're not open yet. And I'm not open yet. (laughs) Yeah. We're not even, we haven't even started construction. Like I have an awesome architect. He's dots his eyes and crosses his T's and all of those things. I have an interior designer. Like I know what I want and I want to do it right. Mm -hmm. And I'm working because there are so many other centers in town. I have to do it right. I can't Mm. just bootstrap it and throw some shit together. Like I need to. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We did a really good job. (laughs) Yeah, you did. (laughs) Yeah, you did. So yeah, you you guys did an amazing Um, job. You know, like that. everything about it and every every single float center has their own vibe and uh, i can't wait right. to add to that because um, i know what i want and i'm gonna build it um, yeah you know and and obviously i mean technically we are competition so i do feel like you know you don't need to say everything and so if, if, i mean we're we're friends i know you're going to be successful and we're not competition <laughs> the classic way so i, I don't blah, 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 blah. but but um what makes what is your goal for making your center stand out from the other float centers? Because I do feel like whenever you create something, it should be almost a revolutionary improvement on what already exists, or it should just be a completely different take on something. I, I, what I don't like is when, and, and (laughs) I don't, I don't mean to say this directly at you, but what I don't like is when somebody opens the exact same thing that somebody else is doing. It's like, well, you're just taking, I, I don't know, it just doesn't feel original or heartfelt, but I just don't feel like that would be what you're doing. Yeah, you know, I think because I'm a massage therapist and there are thousands of us in this city, I don't have that concern. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like I, I think we can huh. handle more float tanks in Portland. Right, yes, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and, but at and the same each time, center is going to have their own flavor regardless. And so I'm curious about your flavor. Like, yeah, every, every person creates a float center differently because of who they are. So what, what is, so you guys, you guys are like walking into a hug. Yep. Right. My, I think, I don't, I don't know for sure, but this is my, the, I, you know, what I hope to be the intention here. It's kind of, it's like, it's, I had it like I wanted to say, and then I'm I'm questioning it. I I, I second guess myself all the time, so <laughs> bear if you want to with let it me. Flow, here. and then we can correct it as we go. How about that? <laughs> but I mean, a lot of it is the 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 meditation and studies that I've done with the Tibetan teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how that will translate, but it is about creating a space. It is about ha- just. Um, providing a place for people to just be and being able to talk about that. I don't think in our culture, we know how to really um, acknowledge what that is. 
you can talk about floating or maybe you have a different experience of this or tell me what you think because it's like helping people be more aware of what it is that that they're doing and being both at the float center and away. Does that make sense? Is that too vague? No. And you know why it's not going to be vague? It's hard right now, but where that's going to come out are in the subtleties of how you answer the phone, how you speak to get to people, the language that you use. Um, You'll create, especially in an environment like that and with your background, I have a feeling you'll kind of create your own language around what you do and the way that you interpret parts of the float. And that's where it all makes sense and it'll become a lot more tangible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. It's just th- how you create the space is, is what causes that. Yeah. yeah. And, I'm and curious, did I answer your question, Dylan, or did you have another question there? Oh, I think you answered it perfectly. Yeah. Oh. I think, yeah, especially with small business, right? Like we're not mega corporations where we have to have this incredible strategy of, you know, this is our brand identity and this is what we're doing differently than our competitors. Uh, we're individuals, and, and I, re- I really do believe with small businesses, you you can't go in the same way that these big businesses do. I don't think you can fake what your business is going to be. Uh, you It really has to be an extension of who you are if you want to be successful. Exactly. And it is that. Like, we are our business. Like, yeah. you know, as much, whether you're there or not, you've created this thing as part of your personality and who you are and how that unfolds into their experience. And so... Like, I don't know how to put that into words. It's just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's totally. what it is. Well, you know, funny enough, I feel like the beginning of our time together, you did share a lot of things that will express themselves when you create your business. You know, I think those are, those, those show you kind of your values, your interests, and kind of the direction you're coming from. I love that. Yeah. I think it's very serendipitous how this conversation has worked out, actually. <laughs> cool. Cool. So what is, what's next with Float North? Where, where are you now and what's next? Um, so the next piece the is I need to call the... Permits? Not, Be the like, contractor. hey, what the hell? Well, the permits, no. those, those <laughs> things... Um, I just got a call from the, the manager of the building, and he says that, that they've taken care of that as long as they have... The permits haven't gone through yet, but because they have a plan in place to address it, they can now start to go oh, through. Cool. They okay. were only held up in that one department. So I have faith that they will go through relatively shortly, um, maybe this week or something. Although anytime nice. I say a date, it does not happen. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, you do not speak its date. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Everybody's asking me, like, when are you going to open? Like, what's your opening timeline? And I'm like, I've blown past that so many times. Oh, I can't that's even, so funny. Like, yeah. um, so the, the, right now the contractor needs all of the finish schedule for the, um, for the build-out so that he can give a fixed-price agreement right. to the right. bank the bank needs the fixed price agreement. They need the permits. Um, I think those are the only two outstanding things. An SBA loan, they have, it's a list. Let me pull this list up. Oh my God. 20, <laughs> how oh, many I'm things? So 27 items on this piece of paper here that well, I have was to two pages. create. Yeah. Did you have another list before this? There's like several lists that I had. Oh my God. Through. I have done yeah. reams and, and, and luckily it's all electronic, but there's, I've, I've put in so much paperwork. 
things I never knew. And as a business owner already, like I, I have a pretty good handle on those, some of these things, but oh my gosh, it's been a long road. <laughs> I hate SBA loans. <laughs> yeah, tell me about, well, I don't know, I've never done this. And I'm like, this is ridiculous how much, and I don't think they understand what a business, how a business works, or how, how a build out process works. I don't think that the people huh. at the bank know what's going on, you know? They live in their own little world. It's, yeah. They have no practical huh. understanding. I know, it's crazy. I, I've been there. That's why this time I did not, I, I got a, I got a regular loan. I didn't go with SBA. I just couldn't handle it anymore. I'm like, I will do anything to avoid an SBA <laughs> loan. Please help me. <laughs> I think anybody uh, who listens to the show knows your feelings about SBA yeah. um, And you're not alone. And I'm not alone. I know I'm not. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. The way that they disseminate money uh, is just, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, so you're just about ready to close up that. And once that happens, you should have the ball rolling. Then you'll have your permits. You'll be ready to go. And yep. have you talked to your contractor? Is, is he, she ready to jump on board as soon as your permits come through? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. we're hoping at the beginning of November that we can get started with construction. Gotcha. I mean, for, for, uh, provided yeah. all that these things line up. Fall through. Yeah. If go, don't fall through. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea if they will, but I hope right, they do. Of course. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I know I shouldn't say congratulations just yet. No, definitely not yet. But uh, congrats. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but how exciting that these things are getting closer and closer. Yes, it's so true. And I've together. had a few like there's there so many fears that get in the way of because it's a big unknown. I don't know how the, all this has happened. Maybe Amy, you can relate because you're in the middle of this mm. as well. Like. <laughs> how will all of this fall into place when it's taken so long to do so? And like, I can see the problems before they come or, or I focus on those things sometimes with, with, for example, this fixed price agreement, like the fixed price is going to be higher than the bid. The bank thinks we're working with a bid number. I have no idea where the fixed price is coming in at. They have to do it higher to, this is what I've learned. Um, I don't know this from experience, what I've heard from other mm. people. But because they're doing a fixed price, they have to cushion it a little bit, and so they're they're good. Um, and so, will the bank agree to that price, mm. or do I have to be creative in some other way and find a way to like make that work again? Um, and with that's an a SBA, possibility. I have no idea. They definitely get a little pickier about that for sure. Yeah. But yeah. usually, I, um, I had that same issue, and they were like, "Okay, yep, like it was nothing, signed oh. off, and moved on." So I'm hoping that for you what was uh, the difference between your bid price and your uh fixed price it agreement was um let me think here uh seventy thousand. okay all right yeah that's a I, big price difference <laughs> it's a lot I, asked of money. My, I asked my banker about it because i kind of i'm like this is a possibly going to be an issue and he's like well do you think it's going to be eighty thousand? and i'm like well i i don't think it'll be that high but I don't know. Right. Um, and he's like, well, we can, if it's not, if it's like below 80,000, we can work with it. So I might be okay. And, and the, know that your, your contractor, if, if that's an issue, you can work with your contractor. Um, so the agreement that I have, because I decided before I started this project that I was going to spend X amount and I don't care. Um, you know, I would love to have this big, beautiful center, but I know what I'm comfortable with as far as my overhead goes. So I'm like, I, you know, if you go over X, if it's over X amount, then we're just stopping. So 
the chi- the chiropractor. I can't believe I just called him general contractor. <laughs> Way there different. Metaphor there? Totally different show. Um, said to me, he's like, well, you know, if they don't accept it, here are some, you know, we actually had a conversation. We said, here are some things that can be cut. Here are our priorities. We can get rid of this, this, and this. And, you know, maybe we get through it. We have some money and we can do it later on. But we can go back to the bank and confidently come in to a number that they're comfortable and it'll be fine. So your contractor can work with you. Interesting. If the bank says no, you can, there's still there's still room. Don't let them. I am taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't let them. Don't let that scare you if they come back and like freak out and say no. Just go to your contractor. Let them know they're used okay. to working with it. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I love Jeff, my contractor. He's super chill. I'm pretty sure he smokes a lot of weed, but he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's a. <laughs> He knows how to swing a hammer. That's all. And show up on time, if he can still show up on time. Yeah, he also has a blueberry farm, which is pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. He's just the GC. Uh, I don't know how much actual swinging hammers he does. I think he does a lot of paperwork. Oh, you know what? I might have actually met him. Um, But uh, maybe we should have a general contractor on the show and talk about these issues and how to deal with these issues. I I think that might actually be a good fit. That would be cool. Especially since it sounds like he's one of the good ones, or at least at this point, we're assuming he's, he's one of the good ones Yeah, and I'm sure he knows the, the industry very well. So, yeah, I think Amy, like you, I have a really big pet peeve with people not being dishonest with me. If it's tell me straight up or just tell me if you don't know or some, anything like that. But, and so I think Jeff is going to be somebody who can do that again, knock on wood. I, I don't know yet because I haven't worked with him, but so far he, he seems really straightforward and I appreciate that so much. I find usually when you set those boundaries, people get it. They can respect that. It almost makes it easier for them. They don't have to second guess oh, or anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So once that boundary's set, usually it's pretty good. Yeah. And it sounds like he's on the way anyway. He's already yeah. there. Yeah. Awesome. So I have a question. If I okay. can, if I can go back, we mentioned earlier about how many float centers are in Portland right now, and you were mentioned you know you're like three minutes away from Enso and four minutes away from Float Shop. It can't so, be that quick, though. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Go, sorry. <laughs> Portland's pretty small, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> but traffic. Oh, my God. Can't get anywhere in four minutes. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Anyway. Uh, no, uh, so right now we're seeing a big explosion of float centers in Nashville. There are, although there's two more now, um, and there are at least two to three others on the way. And so I'm curious, in your mind, as you're looking through this, what kind of things did you think about? What kind of things did you contemplate in deciding to go into a city that it's not, I don't believe it's overly crowded. I don't believe that it's reached a saturation point yet, but it's getting there. So hmm. what kind of things do you think about? And how did you come to the decision that, yes, I'm going to stay in Portland, despite the fact there's four or five other float centers? That's a great question. I think that a float center needs to be built in Beaverton more than it needs to be on Northeast Broadway but I don't want to live in Beaverton, nor do I want to commute there every day. Um, Beaverton is kind of like, how would you describe it, Dylan? It's. I love all people, and all people are wonderful and beautiful souls, and I have no specific descriptors. <laughs> it's the suburbs. It's the suburbs. It's sub- I would describe it as the suburbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that's funny that you said that. I, I completely agree that a float center, sh- that, yeah. that's the next spot for sure. We really need one out there. I think people are ready for it and people would go mm-hmm. and it would be really popular. Um, we don't need a 
another one in Portland necessarily. I think that, that people will come. There's enough uh, population to handle it. Um, but really, it was just selfish. Like, I don't, I live in Portland. I love Portland. I'm not moving out of Portland for the next 10 years. Um, so, you know, my commute's going to be a 15-minute bike ride. Like, eh. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I, I totally there, get yeah. that. Um, where I, I can't talk too much about it, but where we're getting ready to, to put another float center here and uh, after, after this next one is way far away. And we have the opportunity to start one there um, very soon. And it would require me to move up there temporarily while we got it set up and going. And I was like, screw that. <laughs> um, I'm going to put it off for, for a little bit longer. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I get yeah. it. It is. There's something about having it close by in a place that's comfortable and, hmm. and that you feel that you know that community. It makes well, a big and difference. I think it's, it's like a reality check, too, recognizing that the business it's a small business. It is as much as I would like to eventually step away from it or, you know, anything like that. It is me at first. I know that. Sure. And so it's got to work for me too. Right. Um, to yeah, yeah. 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 Totally. I mean, I, I don't fit in in Beaverton and like, that's okay. Like uh, th maybe that's my second location, just like for you with Murfreesboro. Is that right? Yep. You is got it. Murfreesboro? It. Okay. I just read a book the other day. It's a really good book. Uh, Ann Patchett was the author. I don't read a lot of fiction, and actually it was her autobiography, so it wasn't even fiction, but <laughs> um, she mentioned Murphy's Bros. Oh, really, really, really good book. Oh, funny. Interesting. Yeah. It's a, it's a slamming little place, jamming little mm -hmm. town. She owns the Parnassus bookstore in uh, Oh my gosh, Nashville. I know all those people. Seriously? Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, in fact, I was just talking I was just talking um, to the, to one of them the other night. Excellent. Oh, oh very that's cool. such a great Funny. bookstore. Yes. <laughs> phenomenal. Um, oh, very I cool. I love it. I love it. I Our love world's it. so small. It's all serendipitous. It's all mm -hmm. beautiful. Uh, Dana, looking at the future here, what are you expecting the challenges to be um, during construction and opening? What are you What are you wrapping your brain around now that these things are starting to come together? I have questions for you guys about that. Um, oh, that's what you're on the wrong kind of show. <laughs> no, we asked the questions, Dana. <laughs> um, you know, so I've gotten with the architect, we've gotten everything nailed down. I've got an interior designer. We've picked all the things that need to be picked. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'll get to know Jeff's style and how much I actually need to be there. And actually, that's a question that I have. Amy, do you yeah. plan to be there every day because you have to or because you recommend doing that regardless of who your contractor is? Um, I think until you get a feel for him and uh, the subcontractors and how closely he's watching the subcontractors. Um, and the reason why we are a little bit more paranoid than usual is because in our case, no contractor knows what a float center is. And what we experienced with Float Nashville was our, we loved our contractor. In fact, we wish we could have used him at this new space, but he was, um, he's been very busy. He's become a very popular contractor since, uh, since we That's a good thing. started. I know he was, he's really great. Um, but his subcontractors in, in an attempt to save us money or save money, period, um, they didn't do some things that, we told them to like put insulation in places that they didn't understand. Like, why do we, why would we put insulation there? So they didn't. So we oh. ended up, it, fortunately, before they shut up the wall, Mark and I were there every day because, you know, we had nowhere else to work. 
and Mark saw it and had them pull out, pull off the wall, pull it on the wall, and do it right. Um, and we were able to correct it before it got to the point where they were gone, and we figured it out way too late. Um, so a little bit of paranoia. So Mark and I will probably not be there all the time every day, but one of us will probably be popping in, in and out very frequently. Um, just so that they know that we're there, that we're watching. And if we get comfortable with uh, Thomas, our contractor's name is Thomas, um, and we know and we see how frequent Thomas is there and how closely he's following the, and he's making them follow the architectural, which they're supposed to, but that doesn't guarantee anything. Um, You know, we might back off a little bit, but because of our tight timeline, we're, we're a little... We're a little bit more hands-on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Plus, we have a tiny, you know, our budget's small. Um, we're, yeah. We're not, we don't do fancy float centers. We do things so that we can hit certain price points because that's just our personal philosophy. There's nothing wrong with fancy float centers. Um, so we have to just guard our, guard our stuff pretty, pretty tightly. Yeah. Um, you have another job, so that might be tough. Yeah, I know. I've been thinking about that because I've already gone down to three days a week. So, uh, but that's still, it's been really, really hard to, like yesterday I talked to Tobin and my architect Ryan and Jeff, my contractor. And like, I just had to fit everything in into one day. And then all day today I'm working on clients all day. And I know that that's going to have to shift. I just don't know when I'm going to make that shift. Um, I, I did pull back and not, I'm stopped working Saturdays because I like need some time to breathe. (laughs) Um, Hmm. So, uh, uh, but I wanted to say that because Tobin mentioned making sure that things were sealed properly and actually be there because they aren't going to do it otherwise. Oh, you talked to Tobin Cooley. Yeah. 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 Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I've been working with him. It's been fantastic. He knows. You are in such good hands. That's great. Yes, he knows his stuff. Anybody yes. who's listening, you need to call Tobin because he can. <laughs> I I've never. Well, yeah, he met up and he came to the space, but I don't think. I mean, when I got him on a conference call with my architect, so that I didn't have to be the middle person to explain to my architect what he was trying to tell me. Mm. And he's just so soothing and like, this is what you got to do, and this is why, because my architect was kind of questioning me on some things, and I'm like here's what it needs to be. And this guy knows what he's talking about. Nice. Um, and I'm paying you to so just do it. That makes yeah, me so happy. Yeah. No, but it doesn't work. That, like, the, well, sadly, the architect it is looking, trying to look out for me too. He just yeah. doesn't know right. <laughs> what it is that we're doing. He, 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 he's got an idea. He actually did listen to me really well at the beginning and we had to scale back a little bit mm. because it was way too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, now with Tobin on board, Ryan's, sort of understanding some of the the detail that needs to happen to make it to make it work because it. Um, mm-hmm. it really is in the details the soundproofing is in the details is my understanding mm-hmm. oh, as yeah. much as it is in the sheetrock yeah. and the all this stuff and like Tobin said making sure the corners are coming together and you don't have those little bits and the nice thing you mentioned that you're only a few blocks away from your with your massage practice so you know stepping in at night and just kind of mm-hmm. looking over everything yeah yeah. That's that's okay. Yeah, Take lots Tobin's of a great resource and, to have and, have uh, in your court. What's what was that, Brian? Brian? Tobin's a great guy to have in your court. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For sure. 
I have a few more, a few more questions, uh, just thoughts. Um, you know, actually, one thing I just want to say real quick is uh, I had the luxury of working full-time at the float shop when we opened. Sandra was working as a nurse, I believe full-time, and working at the float shop. Uh, and even as she lowered her hours more and more over just teach, she found that very difficult, just the mental switch, particularly, and this might be different for you, but her passion uh, was at the float shop. It was not at her nursing gig. Or, That's already uh, the case for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and uh, you know I don't want to put something in your head that it's going to be a particular way and you know just kind of put this earworm in there and change the reality, but I have a feeling and it's probably something worth thinking about now is how to make that switch as soon as possible because I really do believe that will be a difficult. Your mind is going to be on your business. It's your baby, you know. Your your mind is going to be on your baby, even even when you're at your other other gig. Yeah, um, it's such an interesting um, dilemma for me. I understand that I need to make the switch, and then there's also the fact that I have clientele that I need to take care of to make sure that they sure. want to come over. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I so that's a really questions. tough place to be. What's that? I have questions about that because I was, you know, I was a massage. I'm still a massage therapist. Um, but I had a practice that I had fully intended to bring over to the float center. And I had my massage room in the float center for six months until we had to build another tank. And, of course, my massage practice, um, I had to make that decision at the time. Um, so for me, I did. I tried really hard. I had, of course, a business partner who was able to help me, you know, manage everything. But uh, I found it, even though I was right there in the center, I found it incredibly hard to take care of clients and run the float center. Now, that said, we could have done things differently and I probably would not have had that dilemma. So I put a lot of that on myself. But what is your plan um, as a massage therapist and you're creating now this wellness center? Do you plan to continue to see clients? Is this part of the part of the deal for you? I plan to stop for a while and then to pick back up and maybe do a day or two a week, um, maybe just a day with, with some of my... Some of the clients that are that is really rewarding for me, where um, I can do a little bit more of the deeper work, not physically deep, but other in other ways, and that that's really satisfying, and it and it challenges me to grow, and it's um, something that I'm good at, and I, I like providing that. Uh, so I I know that once we open, I have to be. I mean, and maybe even before then, like like Dylan said, make the switch as soon as possible. I totally, I'm I'm listening. Like y'all have good advice. I'm taking this to heart, um, so that I can focus on construction and opening, getting running, and and maybe maybe I'll never get back to it. I don't know. I hmm. um, hmm. I think that there's something in me. Like I mean, I talking with my hands. I I use my hands. I always have, and that part is 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 part of me like I um have a lot to offer that way yeah I, I'm sorry I just I, I remember it. we were going over blueprints once and uh an hour into it or so or 40 minutes into it or so you were working on my wrist <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do that's, we can't help ourselves uh, yeah uh, yeah I know that for me, Dana I it was the hardest thing for me to give up my practice in there um the hardest I shed many a tear because I oh. love what I do and I still believe at some point you know I we're, we're putting in a massage room into this next place now who knows if it'll how we're going to utilize it but I do dream of someday getting back at least a day a week 
working on some of my clients. I, it's hard. It's, I think, yeah, I think you're, it, there's a calling and you're called to be a massage therapist and you are called, you have to be called to put in a float center to yeah. go through all the crap that you have to go through and still want to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm a big believer that, that things change throughout our lives. Like I don't have to be a massage therapist forever and that can still be a part of my skill set that doesn't make me money or that isn't my, how I make my living or whatever. Like it can just because it's no longer my job title doesn't mean it's not still part of me. And yet, I think if I'm totally honest, I'm still in denial about letting it go. <laughs> like, no, 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 we, we're not, like, yeah. And it is, a, it's, it's, it's quite the struggle inside. Yeah. Hmm. Now, that said, I know someone who runs a float center and still continues her massage practice. Um, and she does it very well, and it's balanced, and she can do it without any problem at all. So nice. I know it can be done. It's all about cool circumstance that sort of thing yeah. so mm. i didn't mean to sound so dramatic about that like i had <laughs> to give it up but yeah. um, well i mean if there's one thing we do talk about is how much work goes into our flow yeah. centers and, yeah. and, and i think that's one it's thing tremendous. that is it, it, it's hard to communicate i forget how to tell people like what goes into it on the day-to-day -day. even i've been through it and i'm like wait what why why couldn't I do all the things? Like, why is it so exhausting? And all this, and, and of course, it's hard to explain why you don't sleep at night as well. Like, that, that's part of it. And um, I don't know, I, maybe, maybe I digress. But um, I, I, I don't think you're oversaying you it, Amy. Yeah, please, Dana. Um, what are some of the things, and you, I think you've maybe talked about this in a podcast before, but what are some of the things you all wish you had done before you opened your float center? I, I got my number one. Amy, yeah. do you want to? Go for it. No, I, let me think about this. <laughs> marketing. Yeah. Marketing, I knew you marketing, were marketing. Say that. I know, right? It's the most <laughs> obvious thing, but it's also the most underserved thing, I think. Yeah. Probably for small businesses in general, but um, definitely in our industry with, with it being so, you have to get so educated on the build-out portion where, you know, there are so many places. If I'm selling jewelry, I don't need to understand construction that well. It can be pretty simple. Uh, sorry if anybody's in the jewelry industry and is screaming right now, actually, you have to know. Uh, but we have to know so much and we have to be so invested in soundproofing and the float tanks that we're buying, all this research that's going into it, um, that it's difficult to put our attention on the marketing. Yet. What would you have done specifically? Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I would have devoted time to building out our brand and um, letting people know that it was going on. I mean, the number one thing, knowing what I know now, is collecting email addresses. That's the, the number one best thing I think I could have been doing. Like, there's, I don't know that there's a marketing thing outside of your float center more valuable than somebody's email address. Being able to make contact with somebody, I mean, you're, you're in their home, you know, or you're on their phone talking to them. That's your opportunity to connect with them again. Uh, that, that's so freaking valuable. And, and they probably have some degree of interest. And I don't think there's any point where you should be um, saying it's too early to be collecting email addresses or putting it out there of what you're creating. You can always, and um, it was Aaron from A Place to Float talked about how he would say, um, he'd send an email out saying, hey, you know, if you're not interested, please unsubscribe. Like, it wasn't just about the vanity number. It's about, I want to know who's actually interested in this so that when we launch, I can sell you floats. I mean, or, you know, <laughs> that's probably not how you work it to, to the clients, but so that you can pay rent that month, you know? Um, so collecting email addresses and just building brand awareness, telling your story, right? Like, um, 
sorry, Facebook Live's a thing. You know, <laughs> video is a thing. That's how people consume media these days, uh, or very short blog posts. But you know, um, you have a beautiful, incredible story, and letting people connect with you who aren't your clients already. Uh, would be the way to to do that. And you can leverage your current business already with the reach that you have to bring them into this other beautiful thing that you've experienced. So, uh, which which is not something that we had with, with the float shop. How do you do that, sharing your story? Like, I know that I just talked about it here, but it's so rare that I do that because it's not what I'm focused on, you know? Like, where, when do you segue that? Like, hey, I'm just going to boast about myself for a second and say these oh, things. I wouldn't, just... I wouldn't say it's boasting. I don't think it ever has to be boasting. Uh, it, it, it's who... <laughs> I know that's, a, that's an odd way to put it. Like, when, when I do my Facebook Live videos, I wouldn't necessarily say that those are my story, but you do get a sense of who I am every time I do a Facebook video, and this is what I'm thinking about, this is what's going on. And that can... Um, actually, the other uh, gentleman we had, uh, Drew... <laughs> I just want to call him Drew Jitsu, but uh, <laughs> Drew from New Hampshire, Float New Hampshire, uh, he's been doing Facebook Live videos, and he's just talking about what's going on in his center and talks about the benefits of floating that he's experienced or seen other people experience. And I think those are some of the, the most primary things that we can be doing. And you're getting really to the most exciting far part and the fun part. Um, so yeah. as you've made choices for your facility, I mean, all right, one thing I love about my architect is she looks at a place and she creates a floor plan that tells a story. And when she first presented her floor plan to me, she told me the story of you know, people come in here and this is how they're going to feel here. And they walk back this hallway and see how I make this hallway go this way. It's because, you know, when they come around, they'll, they'll have this, there'll be this beautiful lighting and the, the walls are going to be painted a little darker and they're going to, it's like going into this mysterious, and she's going on and on and on about <laughs> each room. So you have this opportunity as you're telling your story, as you're showing your plans, as you're explaining the choices for furniture. I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but there's stories, there's reasons that you do it and you can share those reasons because those reasons come from your life experience those reasons come from who you are and there's this beautiful opportunity and very natural and organic opportunity to share why you made these choices and what you mm -hmm. hope for them and what you want them to feel and experience and why that's so important in their everyday life um, I think you're Damn, a natural storyteller amazing Amy yeah. thank you wow I think I think yeah. you have some magnificent opportunities that are going to blow people away. I think as the business yeah. gets bigger, sometimes you, you step away a little bit more and do more classic marketing stuff. And I think you are at ground zero right now where it really just gets to tap into exactly who you are. And that's what, and, and I think it's also the most bang for the buck of value, right? Like it's almost like, you know, a bicycle is a very efficient machine like the amount of energy that you put into a pedal is incredibly efficient and everything that we do beyond that isn't as efficient of energy input versus output i think right now your energy input versus output is as as high as its potential can be um barring some people you know like gary v has has figured out how to do that on on mass scale but even then i think we're losing out on certain pieces of heart and vulnerability and things that people connect with and remember, you have a lot on your shoulders right now. It's crazy for you. You're feeling a lot of pressure. And when you need to think about, oh, I need to plan a f two Facebook Lives for this week, you can always come to me. We'll brainstorm together because from my viewpoint, 
I see this. I see the bigness. I see this huge man. You're in the middle of the hurricane. Yeah. Yes. 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 I, you just come to me. Yeah, I'll yeah. give you. I will tell you because your story tonight was just so inspiring. I got to learn so much about you, and I, in my brain, I can already think, oh my gosh, she has like the most amazing opportunities to share things. I'm going to call you, Amy. <laughs> yeah, please do. You have my number. Just call me. <laughs> because I see, I see so much potential and possibility and beauty. Thank in you. The story. Awesome. And yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah. And, and also from a business perspective, I think Dana fits very well in Portland. Like mm -hmm. your who your soul, who you are. I think people resonate with that. That maybe in, well, I was almost going to say Beaverton. <laughs> <laughs> in other I don't know other parts of the world. It, it might not resonate as well, like where, where you're at and the things that are important to you, I think are values that Portland holds. And yeah. so, yeah, man, it's, it's not about, uh, boasting. Yep. Yeah. Great. Oh, that's yeah. excellent. Thank you both. <laughs> Fantastic. Excited. Well, uh, I, I knew it was going to happen before we went, we went in that we just weren't going to have enough time to cover everything. And Dana, I think we got to pre-invite you on to be on the show again. And I can't wait and, to come back when I'm open. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think let's, let's pen this out for. I'll bring the Prosecco. <laughs> Actually, I think I'll have to bring I'll the Prosecco. I'll fly you out, Amy. Yeah, there we go. I'll have my own though. <laughs> Perfect. And, and let's catch up again and see how things are going and, um, you know, what actually, how the contractor actually worked out, all of that stuff. And did we hit, what was it, November? Is that what you had? Yeah. For starting construction, for, for, yeah. To start construction, yeah. yeah let's um, see if that really happened and, and um, just kind of go over all those beats and what your, what maybe how your values changed or stayed the same during that process of, you know, what was important or what was stressful, all of that stuff. And yeah, I'm excited. Um, and on a personal note, personal note, let's get together and have some dinner or drinks yeah, <laughs> sometime very absolutely. soon. I'll just hang out with your little girl. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I well, really I'll schedule time you for Sandra. you guys to hang out, and then I'll schedule time for us to hang out because you guys, God, so awesome. Uh, this was great for me. I hope this was good for you. Um, so good. Yeah, I, yeah, so much fun. Thank you. Thank yay. you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for being Thank part you. of the Dana, Dana fan club. Yeah. <laughs> part of the float. <laughs> it's true. And, and hopefully, well, I can almost guarantee this is valuable for our listeners as well, which is always such so. a priority. Yeah. yeah. Before we close out, I want to give a shout out to Float Away. Float Away now has a manufacturing center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, right next to Liber, which is really cool. They're obviously the ones who made the round pools that um, Liber is using in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, they're able to make those in the USA and ship them, which makes everything a lot easier. Uh, it if you've ever had float tanks shipped, if you've had a positive, just real easy point A to point B experience with that, let me know. I'll go ahead and correct my, my reads here, but uh, every experience I've had has been quite a hassle, and uh, this just makes it a little bit easier when they're based in the USA to get right from where they are to where you are, uh, just that much simpler. So it's really exciting that they're there, uh, where they're now even making 10-foot diameter pools, not just 8-foot and uh, floataway.com is where you want to go to check them out and uh, just get in contact with these wonderful people, Colin and Ginny. They're really sweet and they just seem like they're willing to help everybody in the industry. Uh, I, I've mentioned it before. We, we never sent them a red cent and they had spent so many hours helping us with our float center and our float tanks. So um, always appreciated that and love sending love their way. Floataway.com again is where you want to check them out.
Um, let's see, there are probably a few things I should I should go over here before we wrap up. Uh, again, thanks to everyone who's supporting us with Patreon. You, you really do help keep this show moving. Thank you. Uh, and also to people who are supporting us by purchasing through ProFloat, Pro uh, by buying their product through them. Thank you so much. Thank you to Anna for writing the show notes, of course, every week. Thank you so, so, so much for that. And remember, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing, so spend some time there. We'll see you next week. 